Welcome, Peter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Peter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. It is a Thursday. It is the fourth episode of the week, but we are saving the best for last because, you know, as the days go on, as the hours get longer, some people get stronger, others get weaker. We're getting stronger. And we're going to talk about the Bucks' strengths and weaknesses on today's show. And I got a strong cast with me. My fellow colleagues at PeterReport.com, Casey Hudson and J.C. Allen. Casey, we shall start with you since J.C. was on the show yesterday. How are you doing? <laughs> What's going on? Fabulous. TGI almost Friday, Saturday. I just need the weekend here and I'm going to be like extra crisp, but we're good. JC. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. He's like, how do I follow up that weirdness? <laughs> I'm doing great, guys. I got some ribs on the smoker. I got some pirate ready to go. Long weekend, uh, kind of a mini buy until the next time we have a bye week. So we're about to send JC to AA for the pirate republic. <laughs> <laughs> Scott gave me a whole new like he gave me like I don't know 24 beers. I'm I think I'm down to like 16. And this was yesterday, probably less than that. Just trying to sound, you know, reserved. But yeah, hey, we're doing great. Let's go. Strengths and weaknesses, baby. Of course, of course. And you know, you mentioned we got the bye week coming up. It's good for the players. It's good for people in the media. Let's see a kickback, relax, and kind of refresh yeah. yourself a little bit. That way you can be energized for week one of the NFL. And, of course, the best way to get energized is with the Celsius Energy Drink. And, of course, Celsius is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. I'm currently rocking my favorite flavor, the sparkling orange, and there's so many great different flavors from the cola to the uh, Fuji apple, to the watermelon, so many different flavors. Of course, the vibes as well, the Arctic Tropical and Peach Vibe. There's seven essential flavors, and more importantly, gives you that essential energy to get you either through a work day, through a workout, a long-ass drive, whatever it might be, whatever it is to get you through your day. Uh, make sure you go to the store locator on the Celsius website. Find out where there's a Celsius near you. And of course... You can order them on Amazon. Uh, I would recommend the variety pack because I'll keep saying it. Variety is the spice of life. You can have it sent to you every two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want, whatever your heart desires. Uh, just make sure you go to Amazon, order the Celsius packs there. Uh, Celsius, live fit, hashtag Celsius. And uh, yeah, please keep sending us. Uh, we love it when you send us like photos. Uh, I don't know how many videos we've gotten, but definitely photos of having a Celsius energy drink. We definitely appreciate that. We will make sure you, we like your comment, retweet it, whatever it may be. Uh, getting back on track to the show today, JC, you and I, along with our other intern Chandler, we were Yay. at the, uh, we were at the Bucks facility today where we got some good news for sure. One, Giovanni Bernard was back. Well, that's probably two. One was Tristan <laughs> Wirfs was back, which is, with all due respect to Giovanni oh. Bernard, a little bit more important to what Tampa Bay wants to accomplish this season with, with uh, yeah, just a smidge <laughs> with Tristan Wirfs back. Giovanni Bernard was there as well. Really, the only person that didn't participate was Zion McCombs. So that means Russell Gage is fully healthy, ready to go. We spoke to him. We'll play a video later of Russell Keanu Gage. Neal. Yeah, Keanu Neal. Um Obviously, Hainsey and Leverett, we talked about them yesterday, but they are back. But it seems like, you know, heading into week one, the Bucks are finally getting healthy. And it hasn't felt that way for a while. But now we're back to it, which is fun. Yeah, yeah there's been a lot of question marks. That's for sure. Go ahead, JC. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's getting, getting back healthy. You know, we saw Mike Evans return uh, last week, and then he played in that Colts game. Now we're getting Russell Gage. Uh, they're getting Russell Gage back. Godwin's still, uh, I'd say, 50-50 for week one at this point. But the, the news that Werfs was back out there, Gio was back out there, Hainsey and Leverett again, no limitations. This team is starting to get healthy at the right time. Because the the even though the Dallas Cowboys are without their starting left tackle, even though they're without their you know they're they're two and three wide receivers, they still present a challenge. And being healthy at the time we needed the most in the beginning of the season, especially with that daunting four game stretch, is going to be key and important 
and it will allow this Bucks team to get uh, get everybody on the page. Two weeks to get everybody on the same page on that offensive line that hasn't really had that much run together. So great news all the way around on the health front. And uh, yeah, Godwin hopefully will be back week one too. Yeah, that's the the hope and prayer. And uh, Casey, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos going around, but uh, you know, every day there's like a new Chris Godwin workout routine, whether he's jumping (laughs) up and down, whether he's like hopping on one leg or getting ready to like almost like a sprinter in a race, like getting ready to go. And he's got one leg in front of the other, ready to, to take off. Um, thankfully though, like I'm not putting all the eggs in the Chris Godwin is playing basket, but I think mm-hmm. I'm okay with that just because of the, you know, the overall depth around the wide receiver position that the bucks have. Uh, first of all, would you like to get on your uh, high horse and, and talk about Scotty Miller making the team, how, you were right, and many people were wrong. Should we? Should we give? Should we give you this? Should we give you this moment to gloat? You're like, actually, we get you back on the podcast for your weekly appearance, and let's piss everybody off. That's fine. <laughs> um, why not continue to do what I'm good at? No, I mean, look, I, I, it wasn't much of. I think people just also did not read the title of last podcast. The goal, the point, was to go to bat for somebody and and to to try to sell it. And um, whether I did a good job at that or a bad job at that. Turns out the Bucks gods heard me, and Scotty Miller lives to see another day in a Bucks uniform. So now, Jason Light watched this podcast and like Casey was spot on. We're keeping <laughs> this guy. That's what happened. <laughs> and what I love was the people that were I, they were like, she got Scotty and Brashad. Guys, I had Brashad Perriman cut weeks ago when he ended up injured again. So that wasn't it's an exciting UCF thing for me. There. Um, look, I I support. Go nice, charge on all the things, but Perriman being injured, I thought it was just kind of a waste of a spot. Scotty Miller, the only thing I will say in the I told you so bubble is that Tom Brady likes to have that kind of receiver, and they have established some sort of bond that is working in Miller's favor, and they're going to give him another chance to see what can potentially pan out. He's healthy. He's not injured. He had a very touch-and-go training camp. I agree with all of that, guys. He did not have the greatest training camp, but there's something that Brady and the coaching staff sees in him that's not all one-trick pony stuff, and we'll see if it ends up playing out down the line. So, All right, so let me ask both of you guys. JC, I'll start with you, because uh, we are going going to talk about the strengths and weaknesses, and we're going to start doing that right now. Um, wide receiver, <laughs> I think, is clearly – a strength but duh is it like if you were to rank the strongest positions for the bucks and obviously like quarterback it's a one-man position so like we know what we got with tom brady what tampa bay has with tom brady um it's funny the only like one-man positions really is quarterback punter and and kicker (laughs) where it's like you're only using one guy for that position but when you look around the rest of the room the different units jc is wide receiver like the number one strongest position that Tampa Bay has? The floor is yours, counselor. Um, I would. There's some strong positional groupings on this team, but as far as starters and then backups, yeah, I would have to say yes. I mean, you got Mike Evans, who's a future Hall of Famer. You've got Chris Godwin, who's a one-time Pro Bowler, probably would have been a two-time Pro Bowler, and. If he stayed healthy last year, I mean, you think of yes, praise be. Uh, you, I mean, last year he had over 100 receptions, over 1,100 yards. I mean, he was on his way to posting up some crazy, crazy numbers. And you know, if he can, can come back and continue that that role that he had and, and that play play, then yeah, I mean, he's he's your number two. He got paid like it for a reason. Russell Gage severely underrated. We've already seen the chemistry that he's had with Brady. And then as your number four wide receiver, you have a future Hall of Famer in Julio Jones. That's not even getting into the way Darden has looked this this offseason in, in camp. And, uh, you know, he made a nice touchdown grab in that Miami game. Uh, then Scotty Miller, what he can bring, not just a one-trick pony, as everyone likes to think. I've seen him do a lot more in camp, and I've even seen part of it in game. Obviously, he's got to kind of, you know, hone that skill and reel that in a little bit. And then Brashad Perriman's another guy who can be used in a variety of ways as well. You know, he's got that. A lot of people forget that this guy can run four three. Like, I mean, look at that. That play right there is telling you that he can run away from defenders. Um, and he's also got a big body frame and he's, and he's, he's tall and not afraid to get his hands dirty in the blocking game. This wide receiver room doesn't even touch Tompkins and Geiger, who showed out in preseason and all camp as well as guys who are are there as safety valves. So 
and Cyril Grayson could be back sometime after week eight. So, uh, you know, top to bottom, this room is stacked. It's loaded. It's full of players. It's full of players who've done it in the NFL. Let's go. Wide receiver, number one, besides Brady. Casey, do you agree or disagree? And if you disagree, what would be that top position? <laughs> you would disagree, Matthew. Um, no, no, actually, no. I agree. <laughs> I'm not Skip Bayless. So you can, you, you you can disagree. agree. No, I, I definitely agree. And I think one of like the one of the main points that I would kind of focus on is the fact that like top to bottom, as JC just said, from starters to the non-starters, they have a strong group. And this is a group that learned a tough lesson last season by not having much reliable depth at wide receiver. Once, you know, two people went down, it was a very scary sight. So yes, there's question marks around Scotty Miller and Brashad Perriman and what they'll bring to this roster this season. But outside of them, the guys that are on practice squad in the wide receiver room, they had a great camp and they showed that if their number is called, they're going to do something. And what I like most about Geiger and Tompkins, Tompkins especially, is something that is a bit of a eyesore, if you will, is that you kind of saw the pressure get to Scotty Miller in the beginning of training camp. In the middle of training camp, he's like, oh, look, it's Scotty Miller doing what you want him to do. And then towards the end of training camp, the pressure kind of started to appear. So I didn't see that pressure and that weight on Tompkins shoulders and Geiger shoulders. There was a few little mishaps with Geiger, but it wasn't really a pressured thing. Like he was crumbling under, it was just more so getting acclimated. Um, so I love the depth. I love, you know, the reliability at the bottom of the depth chart, if you will. And as you said, a healthy Brashad pair who can actually catch the ball. That's a very, that's a very um, important thing as a wide receiver to catch the ball pairman. Then he can be such a threat. I mean, that overtime touchdown, we can rave about that all day. And, of course, I was psyched about it between being a UCF fan and a Bashad Perriman fan at the time. So I need him to redeem himself in some very important ways. And I thought he to just – I mean, now that you've made the roster, I think all, this, all the pressure should be up. You should be able to breathe, and now it's time to dial things up. This is your last chance you this season, in, all, in my opinion. I think because – of the way that the injuries occurred where it was like, you know, Godwin's obviously coming back from the ACL and Julio doesn't even sign until the first day of training camp. Mike Evans gets hurt even before the first preseason game. And then Russell Gage gets hurt, you know, a couple of weeks ago because we haven't really seen all four wide receivers pretty much play together or at least have a shoulder pad and helmets on and ready to go. I think we kind of, or, you know, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think it's easy to kind of forget like how dominating this group can really be it, once they're all playing together with Brady out there as well. Cause I think of like last year when AB came in or two years ago when he came in, it was like, wow, like, is this the greatest wide receiver group of all time? <laughs> and I'm not saying that's going to be the case with these bucks receivers, but it's really freaking close to like what they had with Antonio Brown. When you bring in Julio Jones again on a pitch count where he doesn't have to be the top wide receiver the whole time with Russell Gage, who I think is still very underrated and people don't totally know what he can bring to this team because he's been below on the bench. And obviously Godwin is a little bit of a question mark coming with that ACL, but we know what we're getting with Mike Evans. I mean, we saw it even, in the preseason game, Tom was already targeting him right away. Mike draws a pass interference penalty, which finally he's gotten a damn call. Of course, it doesn't count because it's the preseason, but hopefully that's a sign of things to come. So we actually spoke to Russell Gage today uh, in the locker room, and obviously he was asked a little bit about uh, his injury, how he's feeling you know, going into the season, and he was also asked about just how good can this group be with having all four on uh, on the field at the same time, which I think we'll see a lot of this season, because if you're not going to have Gronk, why, you know, put a square peg into a round hole when you could just throw out four extremely talented wide receivers and then bam, you got Gage or Julio on a nickel corner or whatever it may be. So here's Russell Gage just talking about uh, his injury status and playing with, you know, an extremely talented wide receiver group. Uh, things are good. Things are really good. You know, loving it here. Teammates, great. Do you feeling good health wise? I know yeah. that was a little bit for a while in camp. Are you are you all 100 now? Yeah, I'm feeling well. You know, practice today went well. Yeah, I feel good. I know Tom took that 11 day break in there. You guys got in a lot of work before that, like with mandatory mini camp and things like that. Do you feel like you guys missed anything at all, chemistry wise, with him being gone? Nah, I mean, you know, with him being such a vet, such a pro, the way the pro he is, um, he came back and you know, it's like. It's like he wasn't gone, like you know. So everything's 
we hitting the ground rolling, you know, I, I'm coming back, you know, we all, everyone's getting healthy, so now we feel good. We feel good about our chemistry and everything. Honestly, I'm gonna keep, you know, I'm gonna check out the film and stuff over the break over these few days. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, when you're so excited for the season to just completely, you know, take a minute to relax from everything. Um, definitely gonna take time for my body to, you know, heal completely or, to, you know, get those jitters out a little, but man, I'm so excited, I know I'm, I'm gonna be you know, popping the film on every chance I get. It's like, which guy do you cover? Uh, exactly, like, you know, uh, pick your poison, kind of how we see it. Uh, Can't double up but, on anybody, right? Right, right, right. Um, but we understand, you know, probably gonna see a lot of zone and things like that, but, you know, as a group, you know, this is probably one of the best groups, um, you know, maybe ever. So uh, we're excited to get out there and play whatever the role may be, you know. Shout out to our fans in the chat. Appreciate everyone that's watching and listening. Please make sure you like and subscribe to Pewter Report TV. Joel says, Gage is my favorite pickup of the offseason. Hmm. While uh, Yeltsin has very high standards for Russell Gage, saying uh, Gage is going to have more cards this year than Godwin. Wait for it. That's an interesting take right there. Obviously, a lot, a lot plays into whether or not Chris Godwin will be healthy. I'm not willing to go out on that limb yet but <laughs> if gage if gage is going to have more yards than chris godwin either means godwin isn't fully healthy to not play a full season or russell gage just went absolutely bonkers and that should bode well for the bucks agreed i couldn't see it uh, jc is muted or he's trying to be a mime <laughs> uh i would not rule out either one because that's just kind of who he is um if we're sticking on the offensive side of the ball I think a, a weakness as far as the starters in terms of what we're going to get from the group this year. It, again, if if you have to pick someone or something, I think it has to be like the interior offensive line. Like they're expecting a lot from Robert Hainsey. Um, Gedeke has yet to, you know, play an NFL snap yet. Obviously he's been getting some of the, the preseason reps, but you know, it's different when you're getting into the regular season. JC, mm -hmm. you and I were talking a little bit uh, earlier today before practice where, sure, or before this podcast, where, sure, there's going to be some growing pains with the inexperience on the interior offensive line. But you were also making the case that their depth is actually not too bad. Sad? Um, no. Yeah, no, no, it's not sad. It's not too bad. Uh, got, and it kind of came, and we were at uh, open locker room today, and I was talking to Brandon Walton, who made the 53-man roster, his versatility as a guard and a tackle. We've seen him play tackle. We saw him in that, that left guard competition. He's been playing right guard. He, he came into the league as a, as a tackle and has worked both sides in the practice squad. Talking to him today, he's practicing at center now as well. And Robert Haynes, he was giving him tips on how to fold the towel, how to get the baby powder down there. He's like, Blaine and Trask are a little bit different when it comes to it. But Brady, you want to make sure that thing's loaded, loaded up. And, uh, you know, it just speaks to the versatility they have. Leverett is another guy who can play all five positions across the line. And now they've got potentially two guys that can do that. And it kind of ties into SR's question yesterday to Bulls at the press conference. If something happens to... Hainsey and Leverett, who's gonna who moves over there? Who's that guy? And it looks like the answer is gonna be Brandon Walton. And um, you know, it, it just boosts that extra role. You know, you've got Fred Johnson who can play played mostly right tackle, but has played the left tackle, started at left tackle, started at guard. So he's got that versatility there. The only guy who's really not versatile as a backup right now on this team is Josh Wells, but even then he can still play both tackle spots. So the the obviously nobody wants to see those guys in there. But if there are injuries in the middle of the game, they've got good depth at all across the line with guys who can play multiple positions to kind of bail them out. So, uh, you know, we'll see as it goes forward and as these reps start to take place with the starters. But at the very least, you know, all these guys got strong reps in camp and preseason games and, and they're going to be valuable backups to this to this offensive line. Yeah, I don't know if that made a case for them being maybe the weakest point of the <laughs> offense. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, the thing I was thinking of is, and, you know, Walton got some reps, you know, in, in that competition before everyone else kind of ran away with it. But I think just because you can snap the ball doesn't mean that, like, oh, this is good depth. Like, they, you can find someone to snap the ball, and that's why there's a ton of questions about, oh, are they going to get someone from the outside? They need someone from the outside. Todd Bowles has been saying the whole time that they pretty much like 
who they have in house. But I just I don't know. I don't necessarily know that just because like, oh, this guy can play center and guard that all of a sudden it's like it's a good solution to have. But Todd Bowles also made the point like early on in the year, he was talking more specifically about tackles, but I think it pertains to guard and center too, where he's like, you know, it's tough to find good tackles because if they're that good, they end up being a starter, you know, like you don't really have like an offensive tackle unless it's someone that you draft and you groom, which again, not center, but that was the plan with Hainsey until Ryan Jensen got hurt. So they kind of had that situation there. Um, Casey, I don't know how you feel, but just along the offensive line, I feel pretty good about tackles, but it's the interior after that, uh, whether it's the depth or, you know, the starters that, uh, is going to be the main thing to be concerned about. But I think Brady, and we saw it with that first preseason game, he's going to be able to combat really any type of like lackluster pass blocking. And JC had an article up today about it as well, where Julian Edmond was talking about this, but uh, mm -hmm. Casey, give me your thoughts about that. Um, I would I would say that in, in terms of the offense as a whole, that the, the offensive line would be the weaker link, if you will, um, in comparison to the other position groups. For one, it looks like Gadecki is going to probably continue to start where left guard. And as he's kind of developing there, there's obviously some things that he needs to get a little bit more crisp at. And that's going to come with time. And that's only going to get better with game, game, actual games. Uh, aside from that, I think my biggest fear with some of the things that we saw out of the O-line and not the O-line, like not everybody on the O-line, but you know, good majority is that versus the Colts, there was just some real ugly plays there that they let up with Blaine Gabbard in the pocket for crying out loud. And I get Tom Brady has the quicker release, so it's not going to be as much of an issue, but um, there's definitely things that they need to work on and get and get in sync with. And a lot of that has been the plug and play that they've had to do. I do agree with the fact that just because somebody can play a different position online doesn't mean they're going to be effective at it because fans are just now getting on board with Robert Hainsey as the center while Ryan Jensen's out. So the fear and, and, and um, the concern is still going to be quite high if anybody has to go down and rotate through that depth chart offensively on the O-line. Ted Karras, Ryan Wendell, Dan Connolly, David Andrews, I've named them before, undrafted, sixth-round, seventh-round guys who have stepped in. Yes, I get it. Dante Starnecki is, is the best offensive line coach in the history of the NFL. Joe Gilbert and Goody are no scrubs. These guys are going to have these guys ready to play, and I think that Brady is the key. And if you read that article and you, you heard what Julian Edelman had to say, you heard what Phil Simms had to say, um, he's going to be able to overcome pretty much anything that's thrown his way. He is literally a guy who can make people look better and can, as Julian Edelman said, make the calls to protect himself by his own protection. And his pocket presence presence is second to none who's ever played the game. Mm -hmm. Yes, there will be some hiccups. Yes, there'll be some growing pains, no matter if it's if it's Gedeke who's in there, Haynes who's in there. One of them go down and someone else has to step in. But I, I trust Brady's ability to protect himself, to find ways to get rid of the ball, and I just think that they'll be fine. Obviously, they would be much better with Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they'll be they'll be just fine. There'll be some learning. And as Julian Edelman said, week one to week eight, this team's gonna this team's gonna improve tenfold by the time that that Germany game is coming around. And out of the bye week, it's gonna be all systems go right into the playoffs, and they'll be fine. JC, I'm I'm in full agreement with you there, and I would recommend to everyone. Uh, to read that article if you haven't seen it yet. We've seen Brady uplift many offensive lines, including the Bucks' offensive line when he first got here uh, mm -hmm. a couple two seasons ago. You can always bet on Brady. And if you were going to bet on Tom Brady, the best place to go and do that is with mybookie.ag. This obviously was the last preseason game that you could have bet on. But of course, you have the regular season coming up, and we are very excited about that. College football is here too. You had... Uh, week zero last week, a lot of games tonight, too. And, of course, uh, my bookie is offering new customers 100% match bonus on their first deposit all the way up to $1,000. Use the promo code Pewter to claim yourself a dollar-for-dollar dollar match on your first deposit. So if you put in a G, you're getting another G. Even if you learn Plant City math, you can understand that. There's money lines, totals, everything in between. Can't find what you're looking for? Then build your own prop bet with my bookies prop builder you can bet on the Mets right now 
Uh, they just played at four. I don't know what the score is. I haven't checked yet. No one tell me. Um, but bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. You can bet on the Rays, too, if you want to bet on the Rays. But like I said, college football is on tonight. I'm already going to tell everyone. Go Knights. I'm betting on, sure, go Knights. <laughs> go, uh, JC, I don't know if you have a college team. Do you have a college uh, well, I'm from New England. I'm from New England. We just win in pro sports. Right. Don't pay attention to college. Well, anyone that's watching the games tonight, I'll already tell you, I'm betting uh, Ball State plus 35 and a half against uh, the other UT, University of Tennessee. Of course, the original UT that I'm talking about is the University of Tampa. Taking okay. West Virginia plus seven and a half. I'm taking the under in Penn State, Purdue. I'm taking Oklahoma State minus 21 and a half. And I'm taking the over in the Oklahoma State game against... Uh, Central Michigan. So shout out to the fellow Chippewas on the Bucks right now. Uh, for their sake, they'll they'll be rooting against my bet. But that's all right. <laughs> um, let's go over to the defensive side. Actually, no. Before we go to the defensive side of the ball, um, I do want to talk about the tight end position. Because we saw a lot of... I saw some people in the chats getting really, really excited about Kate Otten. And yeah. Casey, I, I just feel like with the tight end position... Obviously, when Gronk left, that's a huge void to fill. And there's you really can't replace. You can't replace Gronk. But I do think the Bucs have done a really good job where you know what you're getting with Cam Brate, but they've been able to fill in a lot of different pieces where you got a veteran presence like Kyle Rudolph. Mm -hmm. And more importantly than that, I really think Kate Otten, it was a question mark going to training camp because he did not participate at all in OTAs and minicamp. You weren't exactly sure what you're going to get from him. But I think he's impressed everyone. Uh, he's exceeded expectations, both as a blocker and a receiver. And then you throw Keeft in there, a cult hero, a fan favorite already. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the nerves that people may have had about the tight end position, you know, in early July, I think are gone now. Like, I'm actually pretty excited for the tight end position. I don't think they're going to wow you with any you know crazy stats or anything like that i just think they're going to be an extremely solid formidable group that will get yeah. the job done when it is called upon them absolutely i would even venture out to say that they might really surprise people that much more and turn into a really stellar group uh you nailed it on the head when you mentioned the fact that kate auden is not just a receiving tight end as people were kind of thinking that he was going to be um coming in coming off of injury he has just really showed up and he showed a lot of confidence working with the first stringers, which says a lot about a rookie coming in the game. One other, two other rookies that we saw kind of rise to that challenge was Antoine Winfield Jr. and Tristan Wirfs and look at the seasons that they had. So I think that you're going to see a lot more Kate Auden than anticipated. It's nice to have that safety net of a Kyle Rudolph. I know people think that he's probably not going to bring as much to the table or just very mm, meh, but I think once he gets that much more of an understanding of the playbook and that much more of uh, of a cadence with Tom Brady, that he's going to be helpful in a, in, in a large way. But back to and I think he's going to be a nice surprise. They're going to use him a lot more than than expected. I'm going to call that now. And then Coquif, I'm so high on Coquif, not just because he's this stellar blocker and you know, he had a heck of a game versus the Colts, but kind of that stand on the table segment that we had last week. It's the fact that like, this is a guy who can gradually move into a bigger role for, for many things. He can do those little fullback things that they were trying to do with Cameron Bray. Oddly. Um, he can block like an insane person. He went out for a lot of great passes and routes throughout training camp. And it was, that was the part that impressed me the most, but it's also the fact that in his college career, there was, I think he let up maybe one sack his entire college career. So that also just goes back to speaking to the blocking and how he can, you know, alleviate help out along the O line and open up some plays in the run game and really kind of, being a surprise threat in the red zone. So I think that all the concerns of the tight end group are, should be gone. I would say so, because I was one of those people that was like, what the heck are we going to do? We need to add depth to the tight end room. We need to add depth, add depth. And then we have two guys that I, I'm, I'm big fans of. JC, uh, you spoke with Co Keith and Kate Otten, I think both kind of recently. Um, I, I just think the potential for Kate Otten, especially is through the roof. And Co-Keefe is going to bring the fullback back. Like, you know, the fullback yeah. has been a dying breed for a little while, but I really think just with, with his skill set, and we'll see how he does as a, as a receiver, but if he keeps cracking skulls as a blocker, he's going to see the field a lot more than, uh, than many people expected. Yeah, I, I think the tight end room, as you guys said, went from a 
a weakness like, oh crap what are we doing here we're just cam break now um to okay we feel really comfortable out this room kate Otten should be the starter at some point if not the starter the second string guy oh and uh, over uh kyle rudolph kyle rudolph definitely when his signing you're like okay they got another veteran in here. It's just not a room full of rookies. But I tell you, the way the rookies have performed in camp and preseason, they don't look like rookies. These guys don't look like first-year players who have never seen an NFL game. They've put their nose into the playbook. They've studied. They know their roles to a T. And and the, the speed, the, uh, the details that go into an NFL game haven't been too big for them. And you've seen that when they've been out on the field. Now they're still going to make some rookie mistakes, obviously. Um, but for the most part, I think this room as a whole now is a strength of the Bucks, and obviously could even get stronger come, you know, maybe late December when Mr. Gronkowski comes out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're on the train that Gronk's going to come back. I think so. I mean, walking into the Hall of Fame with Brady together, that chance for a ring, another ring, if they're in the right spot. It just, it screams, come back to me, Gronk. He said he's staying in shape. You saw that underwear picture of him in the Brady brand underwear. He looks good. He's he's staying in shape. He said he was staying in shape in a recent recent interview. So I, I think he's, he's going to be ready if the call comes. I really do. But what if everything's going fine yeah, and dandy Camille. for the Bucs? I was looking at Camille, Casey, not Gronk. <laughs> I, I uh, stayed silent. But what if everything's like going well? It's Gronk, and Jason said in the in the in the broadcast on WF, WFLA the other day. He said if Gronk wants to come back, he said Gronk's a special player. There'll always be a spot for pretty much Gronk on this team if he wants to come back. They'll move things around. And as Joe Grizz is pointing out, eighty-seven hasn't been issued to anybody yet. Yeah, take that's that true. Take that for what you will. Yeah, that for what you that, will. that's a that's a fair point out of uh, RESPPCT to. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, they have not given that out yet. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Uh, You know, that includes star players such as Devin White. And we know one of Devin White's most favorite places to eat at in Tampa would be at walk-ons. This, this is a walk-on athlete. They push harder and put their heart into the game. This is the passion we're built on. It's why we put our heart into creating game day with a taste of Louisiana. Walk-ons. We live for this. Guys, if you haven't gone to walk-ons yet, uh, I don't know what you're waiting for. You got to go and do it soon. There's two locations. There's one over in Wesley Chapel, over where Scott and JC live. There's another in Midtown, which is much closer to myself and Casey's pretty close to and uh, Bailey mm-hmm. as well. I mean, first of all, walk-ons, one of the first things that jumps out is that they have happy hour all day on Tuesdays. Not just your typical happy hour times, which we're getting very close to it right now. All day on Tuesday, mm-hmm. they have happy hour prices. I've already had their wings. Fantastic. Uh, multiple different uh, multiple different options there. Um Happy hour deals on the the do- domestic beers as well. And not, not just like your typical domestic beer. You get the 22 ounce. So you get mm-hmm. two beers essentially for the price of one and even less expensive than that. I've had so many dishes already. Uh, I've had the I've had the pasta over there. I've had the prime rib. I've had multiple different uh, types of foods and they have so many different ones. Obviously, it's Louisiana theme, but. Not because of the New New Orleans Saints, because of players like Devin White. Think LSU, and you know it's a great place. They got multiple TVs. You can go and watch a lot of different sports. They have uh, very cool like pictures on the wall as well. I remember Casey when we were there mm-hmm. uh, setting up for the Peter Tailgate show. Uh, that was one of the things that really stood out. All like great Tampa Bay sports moments. They have it all the over the wall. Collages. Arcade games and the Wesley Chapel has self pour stations where you sit at the table and you've got four different tap beers. Yep, pouring them. Me and Maddie ate there, it was a bomb. I recommend the sliders, they're so good. Gator bites, if you like gator bites, they got some bomb gator bites, the best I've ever had in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, uh, they have have a lot of different stuff. And let's keep in mind, everyone, that we're going to be doing the pewter tailgate show. At walk-ons every single game. We will let you know beforehand whether it is the Wesley Chapel 
or the Midtown location. The first game, the Sunday night game against the Dallas Cowboys, will be at the Wesley Chapel location. That'll go on about uh, – we'll give you the time. So it's about like an hour and a half before the game starts. So come on out. Enjoy great food. Uh, listen to our Bucks coverage. We'll have it on YouTube as well. But make sure you hit up walk-ons. Great deals, especially the Tuesday happy hour all day. But they have happy hour every single day. So check and out walk-ons, either Wesley Chapel – or Midtown. Yeah, you never know who's going to be there. I could end up being there soon if you want to, you know, talk some box or scream at me for how I do hosting. Like, whatever you want to do, I'll talk about it. <laughs> have so. a couple beers, you know, the yeah. arcade games, some hopes. Yeah, exactly. Games. So it's all about having a good time with walk-on. So make Always sure you a check happy it out. Time. Very happy time. Yeah. As we talk about the you, you, as we talk about the <laughs> defensive side of the ball, I in my opinion. There's not necessarily a weakness. There's just parts of the defense that are stronger than others. I've, I've said it before, I'm like, I'm so excited for what this defense can do this year. So instead of just saying like, okay, this part's strong, this part's weak. If, if we're going to take, you know, if we're going to rank them all the different units, um, Casey, we'll start with you. <laughs> I'm like, there's some weak spots on there, but um, if, if I had, you had to pick. You don't have to rank him. You could just pick like if you if you were up at the podium and you got the number one pick, you're on the clock. <laughs> on the clock. <clears throat> what what group are you taking? To like add value to that needs help. No, just like just like what do you think? That was good. Just like what is the strongest group on the Bucks defense? Who has the strongest oh, unit? Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, the linebacker group. I'm gonna take them. All day, uh, inside outside linebacker, the whole linebacker group as a whole. What? It's She's gonna take the Wu Tang Clan, the Rizza, the Giza. Yeah, <laughs> I'm taking the resurrection of the Bash Brothers, Devin White and Levante David. They better not disappoint me in this season. They need to bring like they need to bring, and I feel like I started to feel that energy from them in training camp alone. And as a defensive player, I feel like it's hard to kind of really show up in training camp and stuff because it's about the contact. It's about really just letting off the gas and they can do that in, in games versus other opponents. And that really kind of shows up a lot more in season. Wow. I don't know if you guys hear that thunder around me. So I have to take the linebacker group. And then on top of that, I'm just psyched to see Shaquille, like I, that's so weird to call him Shaquille Shaq Barrett, yeah. Shaq Barrett. I, I think that he's going to take his game to a whole other level this season. I think JTS is really starting to find his stride, his confidence, his first string potential on, on this team. And, you know, I have a lot of faith in Anthony Nelson continuing to rise to the challenge. And I, I liked Carl Sib when he was in a Bucks uniform a few years ago. So the linebacker group as a whole, I'm a big fan of, um, yes, there's an amazing, there's amazing contributors on the D line, but there's still a few things that I that I want to see them sort through. But if I had to take a weak link, or am I jumping the gun? Yeah, you are a little bit, but it's okay. Well, it's a Thursday episode. <laughs> it's a Thursday episode. <laughs> the secondary guys, my nerves have not been put to rest when it comes to the secondary training camp preseason games there should have been a lot more action a lot more interceptions reeled in there just there was there was a lot more that i was expecting to see and did not see and while there are gamers and playmakers on that secondary i don't want to solely rely on them god forbid going against certain teams and then when you look at the schedule people such as dallas packers chiefs ravens rams 49ers this secondary needs to be a heck of a lot better starting week one JC, who would you have as your strongest uh, position group on the defensive side of the ball? Well, since Casey's taking two positions, I'm going to take the entire front set. No, I did, uh, two. I did strength and weakness. <laughs> no, you took it's the entire Thursday, JC. Group. Get off my case. Well, I, I am. I'm just. I'm, it's a Thursday episode. <laughs> um, no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna challenge you on that, and I'm gonna say the safety group. I think the safety group, uh, which is part of the secondary is the strongest position group on this team. you got guys like Mike Edwards, who has been a playmaker for the Bucs, you know, with his pick, his interceptions, his interceptions for touchdowns. Antoine Winfield Jr., pro bowler, top 100 list. Potential maybe all pro at, at safety as well. Uh, Logan Ryan, who's been in the league forever, has versatility to play in nickel at free safety. Uh, outside. Have we seen him do anything yet, though? Keanu Neal, who's that hard-hitting guy who can who can be a uh, a difference maker when they go to like dime dime situations, and he can be that big linebacker on the field as well. I think this safety unit 
again, yes, you're right. We haven't seen them on the field. I will give you that. But I think that this safety unit is probably from top to bottom, one to four, has the most depth out of any other position on the team, on the defensive side at least. And that's just my opinion there. No, I think you guys both make valid points. Um, I would say for my personal choice, I'm taking outside linebacker because, again, like guaranteed home run shot with, with Shaq Barrett, you know what you're getting there. Joe Trinchenka is a little bit of the, you know, the roll of the dice because genetically he's a freak. We love the talent that he has. We love the potential that we saw in him last year when he got to the quarterback but didn't always finish getting to the quarterback. But after that, yeah, wrap up. After that, though, I do like the overall depth at outside linebacker with Anthony Nelson, who had a career high sacks, and Carl Nassib, I think just high energy motor, knows the defense. I I think he's going to bring some value to the team. So really, if, if you're looking at having quality starters and feeling good about the depth, that's why I think outside linebacker is great. If you're just talking about the starters, Casey, I absolutely agree with you that inside linebacker has to be up there. But I think if you're looking at it as an entire, you know, as an entire unit, there are some questions about KJ Britt. And Britt has made a ton of great strides this season. I'm very excited for what he can do. But it's one of those, we're not, we can't, to- like, I trust Anthony Nelson as the third outside linebacker way more than I do KJ Britt as the third inside linebacker. And obviously it's ap- it's apples to oranges, so it's not exactly fair. And then Olakunle Fadukasi. Obviously, awesome story. Undrafted free agent makes the team. But, you know, we're still talking about an unproven guy that had to scratch and claw to beat Grant Stewart to make this team. Um, the safety <laughs> position. Um, with with White, though, too, it kind of, de- you know, I agree. I think that's those that starting unit is great. But we've seen the strides. We've seen the playmaking ability came down with more interceptions, more pass deflections. But can he be consistent, White, from 2020, Matt? Or is he inconsistent white from last year? And I think that's going to be huge for that inside linebacker group too. I think that he's going to be developed. He, I, I don't appreciate anything more than a player, especially because we know athletes don't like feeling attacked or exposed. So when a player can step to the podium and, and really put out his weaknesses and specific things that he needs to work on, it would be a shame for him to go and not work on it. He's an athletic guy. He has a lot of capability and he knew that he was just running full steam at situations with no strategy, you know, not knowing when to pump the brakes, not making his tackles efficient and effective enough. And that was a fall off last season from the previous season because we saw a guy who could be a little bit more strategic. So to see him, you know, really set a bar kind of fall off, really pinpoint where he fell off and he had a good camp. I think Devin white is going to come back just as strong and, and make 2020 look like a rear view thing as he should. Yeah. He's been very accountable this year. He's really, you know, held himself to a higher standard. He's talked, he's talked about that before. Um, Obviously one thing with the entire defense that they want to do as a collective group, is get more turnovers, you know, take away the ball a lot more than they did last season. And, you know, when you're stealing something away, that's, you know, you're kind of plundering, which is what pirates do all the time. And uh, speaking of pirates, uh, of course, we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the official beer of the Peter Report podcast, Pirate Republic beer. Uh, obviously, three great flavors. And uh, Peter Report is very excited to announce our exclusive partnership with Pirate Republic Brewing Company. Uh, it is now the official beer of Pewter Report, and it's a natural, perfect fit. Based out of the Nassau, Bahamas, Pirate Republic is now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic community is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal favorite, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. The Take No Quarters is the best IPA drink that you'll find. And drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wheat beer and enjoy the pirate life. Uh, pirate Republic beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. And it's expanding across the state of Florida. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate. 
with Pirate Republic beer. I have the Long John Pilsner, as I was just talking about, as JC cracks one open. Live on the show. Pod for this, all pod. <laughs> yeah. It's starting to get a little uh, condensation on the outside of the can, but. You should have uh, you should have given a uh, a super chat to uh, <laughs> do the pirate public ad. Would have done it right away. Uh, shout out Leo. He's done. He's given us a couple of super chats. Thank you very much, Leo. And I recorded the lot the, the space today, Leo. So there you go. There you go. So you you are taking advice from the commenters who are kind enough to to give us a super chat. Um. So the one position that we didn't really talk about, and I, I agree with you as well. JC about the safety position like Logan Ryan. I'm very excited for Neil. If he could stay healthy, I think just going to, you know, brick all with just knocking over people. And Mike Edwards, who's kind of been the quietest out of all the safeties um, is the one that you expect to get all the turnover. So we'll see how he does as a full-time starter. That's probably the one question there, but I agree with the overall depth. but the one position we have not been talking about at all on defense is the corner position, which of course, we are all set and ready to go with Carlton Davis. I don't think we really have any issues there. But the big question, of course, is who's going to be CB number two? And we spoke to Todd Bowles today. He did not really have a uh, have an answer to that. It's between Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean. Uh, we've seen SMB as CB2 with Jamel Dean as the number three. So, Casey, I will ask you. Oh yeah. Uh, who are you picking if <laughs> if if you're Todd Bowles and you get to make the call? Uh, who are you having as your cornerback number two? Oh, I. You mean out of um, Dean and SMB? Can't pick someone yeah. from a different team. Casey. I mean, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> guess you can. Oh, I, I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to do you, that. You could pick like D Delaney, I guess, uh, friend of the program, D Delaney, if you want to put Gardner. him. As, yeah, I'm pull him up from the. Oh, guys, guys, guys. No, if I had to if I had to pick onesies, twosies at the moment, I feel like I'd be a little bit more confident with uh, Jamil Dean first string and SMB taking that backup. He just had a really quiet camp. Um, now, I totally take into account that training camp and preseason games have their own vibe. And then, you know, the lights hit a little harder and, and everybody turns it up a bit when um, regular season hits. But SMB, for somebody who's really – kind of making a case or should be making a case here. I was just kind of expecting a lot more out of him. And it was just very like, eh. and if we're going to be, eh, then we might as well take Jamil Dean who had to step in on a lot of games last season and working through a shoulder injury. He kind of really showed up for the bucks. So I kind of rather see him have that chip on his shoulder at a first string position and see what he'll deliver. Um, and then, you know, rotate in SMB, but D Delaney surprised me. I'm not going to lie. We'll leave him right where he's at at position at, at that three spot and let him continue to develop and see what happens. JC, uh, your yeah. pick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's Jamel Dean. Uh, he's got, he's, he's got more speed than Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, again, I'll keep going to the stats from last year per pro football focus, best player against press man coverage, something that Sean Murphy bunting cannot do. We've seen him play off the ball, off the receiver, allow the, the, passes to be caught in front of him come up and make the tackle which great his tackling's got better it's looked better but you're still letting a guy get seven yards on a, on a quick uh you know turnaround route cor comeback route and now you're making it second and three instead of being up in his face and, and making him really contest that you know contest for that catch and we we've seen dean has been able to uh get close into the balls quicker um uh you know again in that game against the colts you know he was he made the play. He almost made the pick. And that's what we want to see from everybody in the secondary. I think for SMB, everyone kind of goes back to that three interception, three game performance uh, and three games in a row in the playoffs. And yeah, he got hurt with his elbow in week one, but he didn't look great before that and certainly didn't look great after that. And the slot situation is over with him. They're not going to use him in the slot. He's going to be the outside guy. The only cornerback who's seen time in the slot has been D Delaney. And, uh, I just think Dean's the better candidate right now. I mean, that could change. They've given SMB every opportunity to win that spot. And ultimately, you know, I trust Coach Bowles for the most part, um, unless he's, you know, going for an all-out blitz and against the best quarterback against the blitz in the entire game, entire NFL. 
But, you know, I think he's going to put the best guy there that's going to fit his system that's going to work well with the other 53. In my opinion, that's Dean, though. Yeah, I think Dean's been the one to maybe not necessarily make the play, but, like, get to the ball first, to get to the whoever whoever just made the catch, get to that guy first. Um, I really think that uh, he's just he's playing a lot faster. He's playing a lot more aggressive. He's anticipating things a lot more. And I think that's what you want to see about uh, uh, when it comes to a, a cornerback in, in that position. And I also like I'll go back and watch the tape, but I don't know if there's a ton of games last year where it was like, oh, man, the Bucks lost because like Jamel Dean got torched as the number two corner. I know he got beat a couple times for sure, but I don't think he I would not put him by any means as a liability whatsoever, where SMB liability again is a strong word but i just think he's more susceptible to just okay you really need to get a stop here on third and seven and he's playing back eight yards and the guy yeah. makes the catch like in front of him so he's more that's of a risk my... factor if you will yeah yeah absolutely uh matthew is looking for an update on zion mccollum he still isn't practicing so he's not really he's not really in the conversation right now uh mark here with the question Hey, Sincerely, Mark. what about the interior defensive line when Vea is out, which is half the snaps? Do you feel it's still a strength? I, in my opinion, do. I'd be yeah. more concerned about Akeem Hicks getting injured than Vita Vea, though, uh, you know, we've seen Vita Vea get injured before. We obviously it's different now than it was two years ago, but the Bucks got by with Vita Vea being injured for like a majority of the year. 34 year old Steve McClendon came in and filled in. Pretty yeah, up. exactly. So like, I would see the Bucks do, you know, something like that again, where they bring in like a veteran. They obviously kept a lot of defensive tackles on the practice squad, whether it was Nacho. Yeah. So not true. No green. Um, who was that other defensive tackle that they kept? Wellington. <laughs> very good very good you're giving um, scott a run for his money you are <laughs> I love yeah so they is. definitely have options on the defensive line and obviously that thrust logan hall that puts him in another you know opportunity that probably wasn't expected right away but uh you know nonetheless he would have to play in that type of situation got a super chat here from les he says, thank you for the $5 super chat, first of all. He did not he say that. Me. I am saying that. He said, what's your score prediction for the Dallas game? Anyone want to go first? Casey, if you know, I'm not there yet. I, I, I haven't. You're not, of all people? Dallas deep dive comes next week when I really start. This is, you know, this was kind of like the last no. week. I'll deep dive into my Dallas preparation next week. Hypothetical but gun to your head. What do you say? gun to my head now jeez what did i yeah. do um what movies are from a bunch of movies put your gun away okay never mind oh, yeah, no no Go. i know what you're talking about I couldn't everyone put your gun away um <laughs> come on 20 27 maybe somewhere around there 27 23 bucks We'll call it. Is that three touchdowns, two field goals, and that's what two touchdowns, three field goal, two field goals? Some, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not doing the math. I, uh, I mean, Casey, I'm playing city out there. Uh, <laughs> no Casey, you want to go next or Matt? Um, I could see. I could see Bucks taking it. Uh where are we at? Three touchdowns. Three tutties. Three tutties. Three tutties and a field goal. And Matt, what's the money line on this? What's Yeah, what's, where's where's the betting? Where's, 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 I haven't I haven't checked yet. Uh I could check right now. All right, I'm gonna go with maybe four tutties. Four tutties? Wow. Yeah. How many through the air? Uh, two through the air, two ran in, run in, runs in. We weren't prepared for this question, Les. You put us on the spot. Yeah, 
We okay. all have the Bucks winning, I think. But man, you put us on the spot with we this. We have the Bucks winning. The hard part is what Dallas did to the Bucks at Raymond James Stadium last right. season. You know, so, you can't. You're not going to jump the gun. Like last year, I was way too confident and and humbled very quickly. Um, Josh, I like Josh's. I like Josh's take, but I would make that a 17. I think Dallas will keep it pretty close. Okay, so we are um, what ten days out from the season, mm-hmm. and. Right as it stands, the line could move, but right now the Bucks are a one and a half point favorite wow, on the road, close. and the over under is fifty. So, I first of all, my prediction is subject to change. Yes, but everybody in this said. question, yeah, that goes for everyone. But as of right now, I say the Bucks are going to win thirty to eighteen over the Cowboys. They are going to bowl over the Dallas Cowboys. And speaking of bowling, the best place you can go and bowl is at Pin Chasers with their multiple locations. They have East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. They have one close to the Advent Health Training Center where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have their practices as they prepare to go and beat down on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they have different deals literally every single night, whether it's all-you-can-eat pizza, dollar beers, uh, all-you-can-bowl. So go to pinchasers.net. You can see what kind of deal that they have for you because there is one for you. There's one for everyone. They got a uh, brunch on the weekends, too. Obviously awesome. The AC is blasting in the summer when it's very hot out. And, of course, the food is fantastic, whether you're getting the pizza, the chicken tenders, or the nachos. You cannot go wrong. They got an arcade room as well, so if you want to book a birthday party for your kid, they can bowl. They can do the arcade. So many different options. It's a very fun night out with friends and or family. So go to Vin- go to pinchasers.net and uh, see what they have in store for you. You guys know I don't math well at all. I'm still trying to figure out how you got to 18. Is there is there a safety <laughs> no, I figured it out. or a missed field goal, missed extra point? Like, I'm... I'm I'm lost. Yeah, it's a mixed ex- I mean, stuff happens all the time in NFL games. There's missed extra points. There's so many different things going on. All the things. What, what if I, they, what what if if I they just go for two? That 31-24. That feels that feels good to me. Yeah. Not every score is always going to be like, you know, the perfect like six yeah. touchdown this, five touchdown that. So Which yeah, you you're know, right. I was just trying to out computer out. prediction you know? articles. What about uh like last year the season over Zerline missed an extra point and he missed like two field goals or whatever it was right. so yeah especially week one like all different stuff is going to happen especially on Sunday night football that's when you get the the oddest of things right and you never know who's gonna score touchdowns who's not gonna score touchdowns but Z Legacy right here with the five dollars super chat is calling out Russell Gage makes the first touchdown of the first in the first quarter Bucks domination starts early you're welcome there's prediction. Put it on, put it on, go to my bookie, put it yep. on the prop bets. There you go. There's been and, a lot of segues to my bookie in this in this last five minutes. Well, because we're in football season, one. you know? <laughs> we're in football season, so we gotta talk Betting about it. Betting never ends. And it, it never ends. That is an that is the most factual thing that's been said on this podcast today. <laughs> For everyone watching and listening again, please go like and subscribe if you enjoy all of the uh, all the content we've been putting out on pewterreport.com and pewterreport.tv. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. It's absolutely free, so make sure you go and do it. This is where Scott does his like, old man impression, where he's like, what does subscribe mean? It's... No, it's absolutely free. <laughs> By the way, everyone, uh, Scott's on a flight right now, so I don't know if he's listening to this. Keep this secret with all of us, with you, the pewter people oh, in the chat. Yes. Every time Scott does his old man impression, whether you're having a Pirate Republic, whether you're having a Celsius, have a sip every time he does the old man impression. That's going to be a fun new little game that all of us are going to be in, a, in on, but Scott doesn't know. So, chat or something like that, just like some keyword. Yeah. That you guys put in the chat every time and he'll just won't know what, what's, what's happening. <laughs> exactly. So, everyone <laughs> that watches and listens, please keep an eye out for that because it's most likely going to happen. So, I uh, want to get everyone involved with that. Uh, we're obviously going to be talking a ton about Bucks Cowboys as week one gets here next week. Yeehaw! But because it is Labor Day weekend, there will not be a show on Monday. So next week's podcast schedule is Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then we will have the Pewter Tailgate show Ayo. about uh, an hour, an hour and a half before the game on Sunday night. Two hours on Sunday night. And then we will do 
the pewter post game show on Sunday night into the wee hours of the morning, uh, whenever the game ends and after all the, the social media. Last year, the pregame post game ended at like 2 a.m. and I got to take a power nap before my flight to Vegas. Don't undersell it, Matt. It's not just the pewter tailgate. Pewter tailgate starts two hours before the game, and then we'll have a pewter pregame with Matthew Matera on there with Josh Capo, and then it's going to turn into pewter game day with Matt Matera and the The live stream. Oh, uh, whoa. Breaking down. That is not confirmed yet, but we will have the live stream. So uh, definitely got that going on. And then, yeah, the post game show. Live for the Matt Matera comments and reactions. And if you guys have not seen the most epic one yet, it's the end of the Jets game, the last 15 (laughs) seconds when Matt literally came out of his chair. It was great. That's what you sign on to game day for. So be square. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. We might have that. some surprises coming up next week, so make sure you tune in every day. Exactly. Exactly. You never know who's going to be on the show. So, again, <laughs> podcast schedule next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, of course, Sunday, pregame, in the middle of the game, and postgame. So, a lot more stuff to come, and we thank everyone that is watching and listening to this. So, for Casey Hudson, for J.C. Allen, I'm Matt Matera, Matty M, and the C's saying – Thank you all for watching and listening, and we will see you next week for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Out. Out.